your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. 20 seconds on the possession. Nebraska by three. The drive by back. Weak side. Dunk by Cross. Another dime. Dropped beautifully by Cam Mack into the hands of Kevin Cross. Cross is played magnificently. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Oh boy, put another log on the fire, huh? One of those kind of nights around the state of Nebraska. We're going to keep you warm for about 40 minutes. Short for us tonight, Husker women's basketball as they continue conference play at Maryland. Tough week for the Big Red as they had to go to Rutgers. That was a heck of a battle. Came up a little bit short, and they're going to play another really good team tonight in Maryland. We'll get an update from Matt Coatney courtside at the Xfinity Center. College Park coming up here in a couple of minutes. Also going to chat with the newest addition to the Scott Frost football staff, Mike Dawson. Newest I put in quotes because he's only been on a year. He was here for the first year for the Frost coaching uh, tenure at Nebraska, left for the National Football League and the New York Football Giants. But unfortunately... That staff was let go at the end of the season, so he was on the market, and the Huskers snapped him up after Javon DeWitt left the program to go to North Carolina. So Mike Dawson is back. Looking forward to catching up with Coach Dawson. Really enjoyed him a year ago, but uh, and I, I'll see. I'm sure it's kind of a bittersweet thing for him to be back. Probably still wanted to be in the National Football League, but uh, that's how the – how it goes in the coaching biz. So he's back with the Husker program. That'll be coming up here in just a little bit. Ben, we, we knew the Coach Dawson thing. Uh, it's been widely reported. It was finally made official today with an official release. It came out about 8.30 this morning, putting him back on the staff. He will coach Nebraska's outside linebackers. He was the defensive line coach prior to this. But pretty popular guy. I think when he left, I remember some social media from some of the players that he coached that were pretty sad that he left. I think he really connected well in the one year that he was here. Yeah, and I think it was a two-way street. I think uh, you know he had a, a good thought of of Nebraska as well when he left here, and you know you, you take that chance and and come you know with the staff to a new place, and uh, you know sometimes it, it just seems like it's so quick that you're not quite sure um, you know you were even at at a place if it didn't have a, a meaningful impact. But you know, luckily for Nebraska and for Coach Dawson, that this this seemed to work out with. Um, you know the situation in New York, and also here with Javon Dewitt taking the job in Chapel Hill. So I think for both parties, you know, maybe this was just meant to be, and he's going to come take over a spot that Nebraska really needs to improve on in terms of production. Should be rather seamless, wouldn't you think? I mean, he should know a handful of the personnel. He knows obviously the scheme. He's coached with Coach Janander a bunch. I would think this is about as seamless as you can get. Yeah, you would think so, and I think that's probably why. Uh, he was the, you know, one of the first calls that, that Coach Frost made is because there, there's not that period of time of getting to know one another, um, the coaching styles, the philosophies, getting on the same page there. I mean, he can just jump right back in the boat and uh, and start going. And I think that's that's probably why he was so attractive. And you know, he has a good relationship with with everybody on the staff right now. So yeah, I think seamless is the perfect word. So he'll be coming up here in just a couple of minutes before we hand it off to Matt Cotney and Jeff Grease for women's basketball tonight. At Maryland, 17 years of coaching at the college level for Coach Dawson, and then four in the National Football League in various capacities. And, and it's always been either outside linebackers or defensive linemen. So that's kind of been his area of expertise. Uh, so he, he's back. And you talked about um, 
coaches on the go. That started today as the the recruiting period opened back up. I know I was around the football offices today. Guys were walking out with their bags packed, headed to, headed to various points to go spend a day or two on the road. They are going to have some visits in over the weekend. And also it's a junior day going on for a lot of young men who will be a part of the 21 class that Nebraska is now starting to attack. So uh, these coaches are going to sneak out, go maybe make a visit or two, and then get back to Lincoln for the weekend. Um, so the break is over. We, it ended a couple of days before the signing day in December on the 18th. I don't know how active Ben Nebraska is going to be. They they signed a, a, a load of guys in December. Probably don't have a, have room for much more than one or two in February. But this this I, I would think will allow them to get a jump onto 2021 and really start to attack that that group. Yeah, there's no doubt, and I think that's the benefit of the early signing period for schools like Nebraska and for everybody else. Is you can, if you if you do your due diligence, you can you know work ahead. But um, you know, if you're one of those few schools, and it's hard to imagine very many of them. I know there's a couple in the Big Ten that have numbers that are way down. But um, you know, if you're waiting to the last minute to recruit, or, or you know, depending on this February signing day. You know, you're missing out between 85 and 90 percent of the recruits. Now, there's still going to be some diamonds in the rough with, you know, interesting stories and different paths to get to where they're at. And that makes them valuable recruits. But I think at the same time, you know, most of that pool has already decided where they're going to go to college. So I think you're doing yourself a massive disservice if you're not um, doing the most of your damage and your heavy lifting in December. Now, working ahead, I think, is something that's very important to do. And, you know, the other thing that, uh, you know, taking care of business in December does, it allows you to get plenty of time during this dead period to evaluate those three, four, five, or six prospects that you're still looking at of, you know, and reset your board, so to speak, and, and find out the two or three guys that, you know, you really want and you would take if they decided they wanted to come here. Yeah, Nebraska with 24, and that included Isaac Gifford, who will be a gray shirt and then will be added to scholarship at one point in time. You look at like Illinois. Illinois only signed 13 in the December period. So they have some work to do. And there are still young men out there that are that have not signed with anybody yet. So you can still go get good quality players to add to your staff. But it's not a high priority for Nebraska because of the work that they were able to get done during the month of December. As well, Ben, as the announcement of Mike Dawson, uh, Scott Frost announced that contract extensions have been handed out to Greg Austin, Travis Fisher, and Ryan Held. We knew a lot of the details about the Fisher and the Held one. Uh, Austin has also picked up the title of run game coordinator, uh, which will be in addition to his role as offensive line coach. We talked extensively late last week about the Fisher and the Held extensions. Your thoughts about Greg Austin being extended? Well, I... I I think he's done just a phenomenal job in the last few classes of getting guys here that um, are, are the size and, and have the uh, abilities that Nebraska is looking for up front. And I think it's a huge um, feather in the cap of Greg Austin to wear that title of run game coordinator. I mean, I know he's had his hands in that already some, but you know, to hold down that title, I think, um, speaks to the job that he's doing, at least in terms of vision and actually coaching. And I think the the extension has to do with his ability to recruit and, and you know relate to guys. Some of Nebraska's highest rated prospects the last two seasons has been offensive linemen, and I think we're all anxious and eager to see how this last class, the ones that redshirted this year, kind of evolved 
evolve and morph and and the more snaps that they're going to get the more opportunities they get and obviously this this most recent class with Turner Corcoran you know being the highest rated recruit in the class has people very excited too so I think it's well deserved yeah no doubt there's there's some real good size in that and that freshman and sophomore classes for the Huskers. All right, we're going to turn you loose with, with Cody coming up here and also we're hearing from Coach Dawson. Uh, tomorrow night you're going to be out. Nate will be in. We're going to go back, Ben, and look at our preseason top 25 now that the college football cool. season is over. Are, are there any mea culpas that you'd like to say now that you won't be able to defend tomorrow night? Because we'll, we'll take some shots at you on some of these teams that you were a big fan of. Yeah, I think... I uh, I'm sure there is. I don't have the list in front of me. I know it was really high on the uh, Army Black Knights. That's going to be one that gets torn apart. Um, you know, the, I, I think I can I can stand my ground solid this year, knowing that I, I wasn't pulling for anybody as hard as Nate was pulling for the University of Washington. So yeah, I think he's going to be the sacrificial land this year. But we'll all have to wear a couple of teams here and there that uh, that we were pulling for. All right. Well, you get you get to kind of clean. You you get to wipe off because you're not going to have to be a part of this bloodbath <laughs> tomorrow night here in the program. Enjoy enjoy your weekend. We'll catch up with you on Monday. Sounds good. Have a good rest of the show. There he is, Ben McLaughlin. We'll be uh, off from the show tomorrow night, but back on Monday. Matt Cotney, always on and ready to go from the Xfinity <laughs> Center in College Park. Um, this all, you've been on the in the air all week, right? The Rutgers are now back, and then down to Maryland, and you're coming back. It's been a long week. You know, when you have not one, but two different school contacts send you a note, and they say, did the Big Ten really send you to Rutgers and Maryland in the same week? And then you tell them, yeah, class started also, so you couldn't stand on the road. They just shake their heads. So, yeah, late Christmas present from the Big Ten to do two East Coast trips this week. So, yeah, the travel's been interesting, Greg, no doubt about it. Any issues with so far? Oh, no, the no. travel's been great. Tonight um, we're, might be a little iffy getting back because – uh, Goose and Maverick th- uh, flew us out here with tailwinds. We got here in an hour 57, Ooh. wheels up to wheels down, which means tonight they say that the, the headwinds are going to be so bad that we're going to have to stop and do a refueling stop halfway back to Lincoln. So uh, uh, it's going to be, oh, dark 30 by the time we get in tonight. If we get back tonight, I'll feel good. Yeah, and then you get this late tip-off Eastern time. That doesn't that doesn't help yeah. either. All right, size it up for us. Maryland has certainly been a power program since joining the Big Ten Conference. Give me the thumbnail sketch on this team. You know, people want to say Maryland is down this year, and uh, you, you, you take a look at them and how they blew out Michigan on the road last week, 77-49, to 49, and you're like, if that's down, I'd love to be down every year. But for Maryland standards, this is not a team that really is a candidate for the Final Four. They could sneak into a, a, a Elite Eight, I guess, or maybe a Sweet 16. They're a veteran team, but they really thought that they would have Shanice uh, Lewis as their point guard this year, and she got hurt in the preseason. Then they thought they'd have a uh, top 50 freshman and Zoe Young as her backup. She got hurt in the preseason. And so it's been kind of point guard by committee. They've tried Taylor Mikesell there, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the nation, and all that does is affect her three-point shooting. So they pulled her out of there, and they brought in another freshman, another high school All-American, and Ashley Owusu. And they don't really like her at point guard, so they're bringing her off the bench. Maryland's not deep, but what Brenda Freeze has done this year is change themselves from a team that gets stops in uh, possession games and in the half court into turning you over. They're number two 
in the nation in steals and steals per game, number six in turnover margin. What they're trying to do now is prevent you from being in the half court. They try and get anywhere from 10 to 15 points a game in transition after a steal. Very tough to deal with. They're a veteran team, not deep, and they're very, very good at home. So this is going to be a monster matchup for the Huskers tonight. Well, and and these long road trips in Nebraska – uh, has not had success yet on the road in conference play. Boy, if you could steal this one. You, and you've had some really good battles. I remember a game a couple of years ago in Maryland where Nebraska nearly snuck out a win. Yeah, Greg, I'll tell you what. Nebraska had a three-pointer from Hannah Whitish in the corner, trailing by two late in the game. If they hit that one, they win it and win a share of the regular season Big Ten title. It rimmed out. Look, Nebraska's never beaten Maryland. Uh, they are... Uh, Maryland's 11-0 in this series, 9-0 since joining the Big Ten. Now, there's a lot of teams that have not beaten Maryland since they joined the Big Ten. They are that good. Now, tonight, what Nebraska has to do is rebound because I think one of the the best stats you're ever going to see about uh, Maryland is they have led their conference, whether it's the ACC or the Big Ten in rebound margin, eight of the last nine years. Eight out of the last nine, they've led their conference in rebound margin. So, you know, Nebraska has been a lot better rebounding team since the loss at Michigan State in overtime a few weeks ago. But this is a different animal here tonight. And they've got one of my favorite players, Maryland does, in Kyla Charles, who is a an All-American preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. She's a three who plays like a four but can also play like a two. And uh, she rebounds. So a uh, very, very tough matchup here. Very good. Coming up at the top of the hour for tip, we're about 25 minutes away from pregame coverage with Matt and Jeff Grish. Also wanted to talk to you about Our Team, Our Time. It's the latest podcast, Husker Sports Network Originals, that dropped yesterday wherever you get your podcasts. It's about the 2009-2010 Huskers team that went undefeated. And I know, Matt, a team that's very near and dear to your heart. It meant a lot to me and my family, um, Greg. They were a great basketball team, but probably better people. And uh, when I got to reconnect to uh, interview Kelsey Griffin and Lindsey Moore and Corey Montgomery and Kayla Kuhlman and the coaching staff, and it it really was a labor of love. And I, I have, before we move forward here, Josh Hilkeman is the best producer in college sports. And if anybody doesn't believe me, you should listen to this podcast just for that. You know, his magic he does in that. I've had so many people tell me connected to our program that they had to stop it because they were in tears halfway through it. And that's all Josh Hilkeman. Uh, I I love doing it. Uh, it was not very hard coming up with the storylines. We had to cut a lot out of it. It's uh, There was that much material, but it's something I'm very proud of. Something's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and everybody on that team, when I told them what we were going to do, they were they were all into it. And there's just a lot of great material. Uh, I know Jeffrey's told me he's listened to it five times. Oh. It's, it's it's and, and you know he, you know he and I lived it together. And you go back and you listen to it, and you realize just what a fun time that was. Ten years? How about that? Ten years ago, that team. It was exactly ten years ago today. We were in Baylor. Or we were at Waco, Texas, for. One of the greatest games in Nebraska women's basketball history, it was the game in which uh, Brittany Griner, who is, you know, on the mountain of top ten women's basketball players all time, uh, it's the only loss she ever had at home in her great story career. It was the game that Kelsey Griffin took four charges. It was a game in which Nebraska beat a top ten team on the road for the first time in history. 
and uh, it, it's it, it's a game in which Kim Mulkey uh, ran down the tunnel and spiked her jacket. The Baylor coach. There's so many stories from that game. Corey Montgomery got her shot blocked by Brittany Griner, and we threw it into Corey, and she hit a three over Griner. It, and that was 10 years ago today. So many memories, and yeah, 10 years. 10 years flies by. If you don't re- realize how fast 10 years is, just listen to that podcast. It seems like only yesterday. Give us a, a little bit. You mentioned Kelsey's a part of it. Who else is featured in that podcast? Well, I'll tell you what. Well, I, we weren't able to get Vonnie Turner interviewed because she's playing in Europe, but uh, we, we got virtually most of that team. Kelsey is on there. Corey Montgomery, who was first team all Big 12. Lindsey Moore, who's the only Husker who's ever played in two Sweet 16s, is on there. Kayla Coolman came back, got interviewed for that. We got Coach Connie Yori uh, extensively. She's got some great comments in there. Tori Verdi, who was the current coach at UMass and was an assistant coach on that team, he talks on there. Sean Gilbert, who was an assistant coach on that team, is featured on there. Uh, we've got interviews um, from after the game there's a great interview dominique kelly is on there uh we got her recently and then you hear her talk about the game at colorado post game we had that highlight uh the interview i did with with coach yori and kelsey griffin after the oklahoma game is especially uh kind of a heart jerker for me kind of remembering what that was and you listen to it and you hear about why that game was so special to kelsey jeff grease kind of fills in the holes on here with some wonderful memories of the trip to Vermont, and uh, those are those are the people that are featured on it. It is it is really really the core of of that team telling the story. Very good. It's called Our Team, Our Time: The Story of the Undefeated Huskers from 09 and 10. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, you can find it. You can access it off of our Twitter handle at Husker Sports. There's a link to it right there. Go download it, listen to it, set yourself aside, and have a Kleenex near nearby. Right, Coach. It was. It was. Uh, you know, I, I was involved in all of it. And the first time I heard what Josh Elkman put together, yeah, it. Uh, I had to stop for a moment. It, it's. It really will get you if you if you're a Husker fan, or if, even if you aren't a Husker fan. Very good. Well, hey, have a great call. Congratulations on the podcast. Have a great call tonight. Let's uh, go get us a road win. All right, Sharpie, go Big Red. There he is, Matt Cotney. Well, it was announced earlier today by Scott Frost that Mike Dawson returns as now Nebraska's outside linebackers coach. Coach Dawson was with the Huskers a year ago as the defensive line coach. He was with the the, the staff at UCF, came with, to Lincoln when Scott got the job here, left after last season to go to the New York Giants of the National Football League. It was an area of the country back east where both he and his wife were from. Uh, and then the Giants uh, made a coaching change at the end of this past season in the NFL, and he was on the market. And then Javon DeWitt departed Nebraska's program. And I can guarantee you that Mike Dawson was the first guy that uh, Scott Frost picked up the phone and called, and he joins us now here in the program. It's great to be back talking with you again, and uh, I'm excited that you're back. I know this is probably odd for you because this isn't probably how you envisioned all this to turn out. Well, I'm excited, too. I'm happy to be back with Coach Frost and the rest of the guys that I'm familiar with. Happy to be back in uh, Lincoln. Uh, really enjoyed my experience here. It was really, really difficult uh, to leave when I did uh, and fired up to be back and ready to get back to work. Now, you're going to be dealing with some different guys because you're going from defensive line to outside backers. But as you and I were talking before we started, 
that there's a lot of crossover with those two groups anyway. Yeah, I think in this type of defense, when you're dealing with the D-line and the outside linebackers, they have to be able to, number one, work together. Uh, you talk about running your line games, your stunts, your you know, different blitz patterns and things like that. Uh, they have to be on the same page. And there's sometimes where uh, the, the D-line could become the edge of the defense or the outside backers could become defensive linemen. So there's a lot of crossover that way. Tell me about your year. I know you didn't win as many games as you'd hoped with the Giants, and it didn't work out there. But what was the year a good learning experience for you? How did you take it? Yeah, it was a great experience for me. I mean, it was uh, great to be back in the NFL for a second time and uh, with another team, being able to see how that uh, organization was run and how we did it. And I had a great room. I worked, got to work with some, some really good players that were really good guys. So that was great for me that way. And then the guys I worked with on defense, uh, you know, sometimes when you don't win as many games, you actually work a lot harder. Uh, uh, you're, you're spending your time trying to figure out how to fix it and how to get it right. So uh, being around some some great uh, defensive minds, James Betcher and Bill McGovern and uh, Gary, uh, th- those guys were great, and uh, it, it was uh, it was it was a great experience. How much did you follow the Huskers in the last six, eight months? Uh, well, I certainly have uh, you know a strong connection not only with the guys on the field that you coached and recruited, so you get some uh, vested interest in the players, but then also uh, being close with the staff. So I, I followed along. We uh, the, when we were playing, we uh, you know on Sundays, usually on Saturday afternoon, you're either traveling or you get some time off. So it ended up working out that I get to follow the Huskers pretty good last year. Sometimes when you get away, push away from a group, you you see it a little differently. Did you? I mean, and this this was a frustrating fall, I'm sure the guys have told you they were so close in so many games and couldn't make a play here or there to win a game can is that the challenge now to try to get the way to, to flip those plays and get them into winning plays? Yeah, I think that you've got to be able to stack your whatever it is, 70 to you know probably this day and age, closer to 80 plays a game where you've got to be able to make those plays. You can always point to one play here and there in a game that you think makes the difference, but uh, whether it's your position or your side of the ball or the team in general, you, but really it's all the plays that add up together. And I think the trick is being able to uh, stack offense, defense, and special teams together and then putting them all out uh, where you're not having those you know hiccups or those almost plays you know you where you got to finish and make them and you know the, you got to prepare yourself throughout the course of spring practice in the summer and training camp that those plays happen naturally and uh, I really believe that 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 those plays that win you or lose you the game don't happen throughout the course of the game they happen far in advance before that where you're training getting yourself ready to go for it so as a coach that's what you look forward to preparing for. All right, different group of guys to work with with the outside backers. We talked about that earlier. Usually when a new coach comes into a program, you got to go introduce yourself. But you've got some familiarity with this this group, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, some guys will be probably more excited than others. Um, I'm okay with that, though. And uh, it, it will be fun getting work with these guys and um, you know, just uh, getting a different spin on it and uh, getting to be not only involved with uh, stopping the run and the guys up front and the pass rush, but also doing some pass coverage stuff, too, uh, for me is going to be great. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting to work with them. You didn't have to introduce yourself to too many guys in the building, right? You knew most of these fellows. Yeah, a good good group of guys that uh, you know, I've already seen quite a few of the guys uh, already, and I'm looking forward to uh, to getting back out on the field and getting some sweat going with these guys. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. What will the next couple of weeks be like for you? Well, I think for us, we hit the ground running with recruiting and getting back out on the road doing that, and uh, you know, there's you know the the that part of it, and then getting back in the building. You want to get back to work with the guys. Obviously, they're down with Coach Duval in the weight room. And 
and getting that going. And then also the personal side of it too. You're picking up the family and you know leaving one house and trying to find another one and figuring out where you're going and you know who you know what school and uh, all that other kind of stuff. So uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of challenges, but I think we're ready for them. All right. Well, again, it's, I'm glad to see you. I, I know it's, you would have liked to have it been in different circumstances, but I know a lot of people around here are glad to have you back. Uh, I'm psyched to be back. I can't wait to get uh, working with the, uh, with the Cornhuskers again. There is Mike Dawson back on the Husker staff, this time as the outside linebackers coach before he had been working with the defensive lineman. Just a fun guy to talk to, and I know he was uh, – he was missed last year, even though Tony Tuioti did a great job coming in and, and fit in very well for Nebraska. And I think I'm just excited to have Coach Dawson back. Also, we mentioned this earlier in the hour that Coach Frost today has uh, announcing that they've completed contract extensions for assistant coaches Greg Austin, Travis Fisher, and Ryan Held, extending each of their contracts through December 31st of 2021. Coach Austin will also add the title of run game coordinator in addition to his role as the offensive line coach. Uh, Fisher and Held each receive salary increases with Held adding the title of recruiting coordinator. So there's you've added a run game coordinator, Greg Austin. You've added a recruiting coordinator in the person of Ryan Held. And then now the addition of Mike Dawson back on the staff, and this time coaching the outside linebackers. So quite a bit of news coming out of the office today. School began on Monday, so the second semester is underway. The players are back. They began winter workouts with Coach Duvall on Monday. Uh, today, Jordan Riley officially arrived on campus, so the nine scholarship players that were going to arrive in the spring are all here. Alante Brown got here yesterday, and then today was Jordan Riley. And so workouts are underway. Everybody who is supposed to be here is here. Uh, those are all minor things maybe, but but in a, in a way a positive thing. And as I mentioned over earlier today, uh, some of the coaches had bags and were walking out the door. They were heading for a quick trip to go see somebody tonight or tomorrow, but then they're all going to be back on campus for the weekend. They do have some visits, uh, visitors coming to, the, to see the uh, program uh, over the weekend. Some are 2020s. It's about a few are 2021. You know, that'll be on campus over the weekend. Again, congratulations and good to have Coach Dawson back. Our